Okay, so good morning, everybody. Welcome to our weekly Tanya class, Monday morning. Great to start the week, the working week, with some uh, dose of confidence for time, Gary. Rabbi, I think your microphone is a little bit uh, muffled. Do you hear me better now? Yeah, I think I think it's better now. If you don't hear me good, let me know and I'll just put my headphones. Okay, no, it's good. It's good. It was just coming no, across. It's good. Yeah, at first. So there, there, there might be some problems with the internet, so I, I apologize. And if something happens, I hope uh, it won't happen. But if something happens, I guess we'll should come right back. Okay. So we are holding in the middle of chapter 23. Chapter 23, which could be found, we could be found in page, what we're holding now, page 98-99, if you have the book. Uh, and we are really in the middle of talking about some awesome ideas on how to connect to God. If you remember, in chapter 22, um, we established the idea of idolatry. What is idolatry, we said? Idolatry is um, looking at ourselves or looking at the world as separate existent from God. The, the, the second we, we, we forget that everything is really dependent on God and that everything um, gets its vitality, its flow of vitality and, and, and life and energy from God. And without God, it does not have any existence even. When we do, when we forget this, we kind of create a new um, a new God, a new thing. Because if there's a thing um, besides for God, is basically the idea of idolatry, and obviously not idolatry to the full extent, but in some extent, it's somewhat idolatry, and therefore. Um, we, we learned that this is the idea of why arrogance is like idolatry, because again, the second person feels like they are the, the, you know, I am the man and I have all the power and I have all the, you know, everything that all the talents and everything that I need, all these things lead you to feel separate, to feel independent, which is the exact, the exact opposite of holiness, the exact the exact opposite of connection with God, because like we said, God is found by, by people who are humble. I think we, we mentioned it many times, and we will mention it again today again, because it's very important, that someone once asked the Kotzke Rebbe, by Menachem Mendel from Kotzk, he asked him once, where is God? Where can I find God? Where is God? So he told him, God is wherever you, you're, you're, you're letting him enter. Where, wherever he's permitted to enter, you could find God. Meaning that where is God cannot be found, so to speak, where he's not allowed to enter. Where is he not allowed to enter? In a place of arrogance, in a place of, in a place of self um independent when someone thinks that they have nothing to do with God just like Pharaoh we're coming we're coming closer to Pesach what Pesach is all about freedom from Pharaoh who was Pharaoh the king Pharaoh was the one who said 
the, the denial is mine. And I have created the denial. I have created myself. I've created denial. And because of that, everything which Moses is coming and telling him, let my people go. God said this, God said that. He said, who is God? I don't know God. I don't, I don't, I don't recognize God. I am God myself. So, he, so the Jews, in the time of Passover, they had to break through that darkness and go break through the limitations, break through the um, Mitzrayim, Egypt, and, and that's uh, what we're celebrating, the exodus, which led, led the Jewish people to go, through, go towards Mount Sinai and receive the Torah from the real God, being humbled. We know that the Jews, when, we, when they came to Mount Sinai, and God asked them, do you, want, do you want to receive the Torah? What did they say? We'll do, and then we'll hear, right? You familiar with this idea? We'll do, and then we'll hear. What that, what that means? That we're not going to wait until you tell us, you know, let's hear all the details of the contract, and then we'll, we'll, we'll advise with our lawyers and get back to you within seven to 14 business days to tell you if we are ready to sign the contract or not. We are ready to sign the contract. We are ready to be your people. We are ready to go by guys by God's ways. Now, after they accepted the Torah, now they are ready. Okay, but oh, by the way, we have to hear what are what are the information? What are the details? So this is a sign of humbleness, a sign of nullification towards God. When you understand that God is your life, your existence, you are um, connected. Anyways, so that's what we spoke about chapter 22. So we focused over there on what separates stuff from God. Chapter 23, al is coming and saying, that, let's talk about positivity. Let's see what are the things in the world which connects us to God. What are the, like we said, remember that we're talking here about the binary code, and we're going to get back to the binary code. But what is the on? We spoke about the off. What's the off? We'll, we spoke about chapter 22. We're going, we're going to go back to it in chapter 24. But chapter 23 is focusing on the on. What is the things that we that connect us to God? So Al-Tarebbe said the two things that connect us to God is Torah and mitzvahs. And Al-Tarebbe goes, and we, we, we spoke about it at length, the difference between Torah and mitzvahs. First, we spoke about the mitzvahs. What is the uh, a unique quality of mitzvahs? We said the mitzvahs are the limbs of God, just like our limbs is a way of expression, a way, a way for us to express ourselves. Mitzvot, the commandments, are the way for God to express himself, to express his will, what he wants to do, what he wants us to do. So, Therefore, we call the mitzvahs uh, the limbs of God. And, and, the, and, and we said the, 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 the amazing um, unity which happens between, between, between the Jew, the time of doing the mitzvah, and God is tremendous. Just like the unity with, 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 between your limbs and your soul, yourself. We said, you know, when you want to move your, your hand or your foot, you don't have to, you don't have to, Think about it too, too much. You don't have to start sending messages and emails to hear what the, what the hand has to say in the matter, but you just move it because 
then limbs are totally nullified to the to the person. And this is the idea of mitzvahs. When we are doing mitzvahs, we are totally nullified. Our own hands, our own legs, our own limbs are nullified and being a chariot, as we, as we discussed earlier, a vehicle to bring about God's will. But here are the things. So last week, we said that although mitzvahs are, it's, uh, mitzvahs are very, very important, very special, there's something which is even more um, special, which the unity, the oneness which is created by, by performing it is even, even, even more unique and more one than the unity of mitzvahs. And this is what? A learning Torah. Because as we, we discussed, and I think it's important to remind ourselves about the three garments. We said that there is the, the external garment, right? The garment of deed, of action, which is connected to God by doing, doing the mitzvahs, putting on tefillin, lighting Shabbat candles, giving charity, whatever the mitzvahs that we're doing. But then comes the inner, most intimate, most intimate garments that each and every one of us has, which this is the garment of speech and even more intimate, the garment of thought, which is only for ourselves. No one else knows what's happening there. No one else sees it. No one else has access to it. And we spoke about the idea that when we, um, that when we occupied our thought process, our thought, our thought garment, and our speech ability with the will and wisdom of Hashem. And we said that the will of His wisdom of Hashem is really one with Hashem Himself, unlike a person where you and your brain are two different things. Unfortunately, you could have someone without brain. I'm just kidding. But um, but um, you and your brain is two different things, meaning you are using your brain to think. You are using your mind to think. But then you could separate between you and, and the mind. Obviously, they are connected and very much united. But in somewhat way, you could separate between them. It's two different things, two different entities. But by God, it's not two different entities. By God, he and his wisdom, everything is one in a way that we can't even imagine, as we said. And therefore, when we are learning Torah and we are literally chewing and, and eating and, and nurturing ourselves with God's wisdom, we literally have God in our minds. And this unity, as we're going to see today, is even even higher and and more the oneness which happens through that is even more than limbs, and as we're going to discuss today why. So, without introduction, let's go to the book um, again, page ninety-eight in the English, ninety-nine in the Hebrew. Pretty easy to find it, to locate it because it's the very beginning of the page in the Hebrew and in the English, and you can find it in the symbol for 22 of Shvat for leap year. If, if also, if you're looking online, you can find it for, but it is in the Tanya for the 22 of Shvat, the leap year. 
Um, and I believe we read some of it last year, last last year, last week. But um, I think for the sake of, 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 you know, going with the flow, we are going to read it, some of it, read some of it again and get ourselves into the uh, um, explanation of this awesome idea. So I hope you all have it. Garrett, did you get it? Um, it the bookmark that I left last week was on uh, the 12th of Shavat. 12th of Shavat. 12th. Yudbes. So Yudbes, we already read last week. We did. We made it all the way through there? Yeah. We'll be on um, now we are in the, in the, in the 22 of Shavat for leap year. In between the, the 12th Shavat and the, and, and the 13th. Do you see it? Uh, it starts wait. with the words, Umeachar Shavatsona Elion. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks. Okay. Good. So let's start. Umeachar Right? What, what are we learning in the Torah? God wants us to do this. God wants us to do that. God wants us to eat matzah on Pesach. God, God doesn't want us to eat chometz on Pesach or to have chometz on Pesach. This is God's will. And God's will is totally unified and totally connected, united, fused with God himself. With the with the and the perfect unity it could it could be now so since this supernal will which is totally connected to god who begin it's totally revealed when in the time when we learn torah when we time to learn torah we are dealing with something which is revealed godliness revealed godliness that what that is what god wants and there is no concealment whatsoever. Meaning, as you remember, we spoke at chapter 22 that when there is something else which blocks God, godly energy, for example, arrogance, for example, sin, for example, impurity, anything which comes in the way which can, which can block God's, God's, God's energy in a way that we could look at it and say, oh, this is so far from God. Doesn't look like God, God ever created it even. And we're asking ourselves, how come God creates evil? Because evil is something which shows us like there is no God. I made myself. It's so far from God. So this is on the negative side. And the positive side, though, when we're talking about Torah, this is something which doesn't have any concealment whatsoever. This is only pure godly wisdom. And now in this purely God, pure godly wisdom is found and is revealed in the godly soul and its inner intimate garments 
which is thoughts and speech, as we discussed. In that time, when a person is sitting and occupies himself or herself with Torah, with thoughts, with Torah thought, with Torah talk, with Torah speech, whatever it is. For example, we are sitting right now, sitting right now and learning Torah. What are we doing right now? We are trying to wrap our head around God's wisdom. Literally God's wisdom, which is God himself. So our godly soul, which is learning it, and our intimate um, garments, which is the speech that we are using, and our brain that we are using in order to, 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 to understand and, and comprehend these ideas, they are totally, uh, sorry, God's will, God's wisdom is totally revealed in ourselves. And since, and, and since it's totally revealed in ourselves, so it emerges that our soul, our very own soul, and our garments, are totally united and totally one with God's, with the infinite God. Blessed be He. So in that time, when we are learning Torah, with each and every one of us learning Torah, if it's right now, if it's after, when you find a few minutes to learn, when you learn Torah, when you try to use your mouth and your, and your brain, your mind, to understand what's, what's written here, what God wants, how can I figure it out? When you're working on it and, 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 and occupying yourself with it, since in that time, God, the energy is, is fully revealed in yourself, you are becoming one with God himself. Because remember, what could separate someone from God? Concealment. When God is not so revealed, when there is a place for something else to think, I am independent. I don't need God. I don't have God. Concealment could create um, could create a block, which blocks you from from experiencing God, from being connected to God. But when you learn Torah, when in Torah there is nothing which in, which is concealed, because like we said. This is something which is totally united and connected to God. Not connected, united. Connected is two things, which one is connected to another, right? This is what connection is. Connection is something to tie together, to connect together two pieces. Here we're talking about unity. Unity in the most, in the highest way, in the highest manner you can ever imagine and beyond. Because this is something which is totally one with God. Meaning, I, if I'm sitting and learning that God wants me to eat to eat matzah and Pasa and Pesach, and I'm learning why and how and what are the details and when, I, I basically have in my mind godly wisdom, which is God himself. So when I have God himself revealed in myself, revealed, revealed in my mind, it basically connects me to God in the most beautiful and most perfect way. 
in a way that nothing else could compare to it. And here, look, look at what the comparison. Al-Tarebi is coming here and comparing the unity that we have with God in the time of learning Torah to the unity of God himself. That's it in the words of, of, of Al-Tarebi, and then we'll, spoke about, we'll speak about it. So we are miyuchodim amish b'tachis It's totally unified in in the in most in the per, in the most perfect unity um, exists. Keyichud diburoi umachshavdu shalakadish bolhu. Just like God, so to speak, God's inner garments are connected, united, united to Him. Just like we have our two inner intimate garments, which are part of who we are, the same token, obviously in the way of imagery, God has the same, the same idea. God also had the, 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 the thought of God, the speech of God. Obviously, the verse is saying, Our thoughts are not even comparable to God's thought. But just in a way of imagery, we can understand that the most inner um, parts of God himself and how those parts are connected to God himself. The same idea and the same unity is between you and God when you are learning to Because you literally have God in your mind. And why? Now that I was saying... If, if, like, like, like we said many times, because there's nothing there to block this godly energy. Meaning, the truth is that in the whole world, that, that's the way it should be in the whole world, because God is here. God is, um, is, 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 God is um, the vitality of the world. And God is really the, the whole existence that we, we discussed earlier. So the only reason we could look at ourselves and our, the world around us as independent entity, separate entity, is only because God has concealed himself. Otherwise, if God wouldn't conceal himself, what, what we will have here? We'll have a world which will be totally uh, um, united and connected to God. We'll see how this is part of God. But obviously, God did not want, as we discussed, God did not want it to happen. Because then you're knocking over the whole idea of, 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 of free will and good and evil and all this stuff. So God had to do concealment and all this in order for us to think that there is a separate entity and we should overcome the challenges coming with it. But the real entity is all godly. So in Torah, in Torah, there is no concealment. This is the only place where God's saying, here I am open with you. Therefore, you are able to really connect, really fuse to God. And this is how awesome Torah is. Any questions uh, before we continue? Uh, could we uh, understand like understand or translate that concept of concealment as like being Ill, the same as illusion 
like could we say um, um, that the um, our perception of of things being separate is an illusion is that the same as saying uh, that it's that it results from concealment okay so it's a very good question and you know that that this idea is actually brought in in some of, of Jewish philosophers which they wanted to say that you know perhaps to say that the whole world is an illusion right everything is God and really we live in kind of some kind of a dream some kind of a, an illusion and we think that that everything exists. But um, in Chabad, in Hasidus, we don't we do not accept that because if we because we believe, and, and really this is a whole um, discussion on its own, but but if we believe that God has a real pleasure from our mitzvahs, right? And God commanded us to do this and to eat this specific physical matzah and pesa and to put on this physical tefillin. So these items cannot be an illusion. They must be real. God wants us to put on tefillin which are made out of an animal. So the animal is not an illusion and the skin of the animal is not an illusion and you, which you're putting on the tefillin, you're not an illusion. This is a real existence. Therefore, the way Hasidus looks at concealment, and I think that the, the imagery, um, the, the, what we, what, what we, the, the analogy that we spoke, that we brought a few weeks ago, I think this really um, explains it well. The, if you remember the Shell Corporation. Remember when you spoke about the Shell Corporation? Were you here? So what's the idea of Shell Corporation? That you could have somebody who is really the head and the vitality of all this of all this corporation and, and, and the companies which are coming emanates from this corporation. And what do you mean that this is, that he is the vitality? Well, he is at the end of the day, he is the one who is um, responsible for the, for the for the cash flow. Okay? He's the one at the end of the day to sign the checks, the paychecks for all the people. But Doing it in such a way, in some in, in, in a way of shell corporation, you could be denied entry to your own to your own building by somebody who you are paying the paycheck to. Right? Now, would you say that the building is an illusion and the person is an illusion? No. The concealment is so great that without it being an illusion. With it being a real existence, a real reality, is concealed. Same is with the world. To say that the whole world that the world is an illusion, that only God doesn't show the greatness of God so much. Okay, so God uh, kind of made a magic, and then there's something here which is not really here. This is not really, you know, this is not what God is. God created a world which is the real world and asked us to do the mitzvahs which are real mitzvahs with real physical items. With that, God did it, you know, I mean, with understanding this is real, God did it in a way that you cannot see from the physicality and from the world 
from the world the way it is, you cannot recognize God. That's the way he did it. And, and for that, you need to have a lot of concealments in many worlds before our world and, and higher worlds that we're going to actually discuss in a few minutes. So it's like layers. You put it, exactly. Layers of, of layers are, 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 you know, not something which is an illusion. Each layer comes and, 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 and covers more and more and more and more. And when you open them, you open and discover more and more and more and more. So we're, we're so just in inside, world, we're inside gotta, of a big onion. Gotta, what? We're inside of a big onion. Exactly. And our, and our job is to kind of go from the inner, from the inner part of the onion to jump out somehow. Peel off the, the, the concealment and the layers from the inside. There's a lot of tears, a lot of tears involved in the process too. <laughs> yes, you're right. You know, that's, that's part, of, part of it. You know, when, when, for example, someone's going through a challenging time, um, emotional time, then they could see, you know, they could think, where, where, where is God? Is God with me here? Yes, God is with you here in a very concealed way. Why, why, why did they do it? No one knows. Don't even, don't even try to, to, to look for answers. But God is there. If, if we're already talking about it, let's, let's just, uh, you know, pause for a second and, and, and really, you know, have a little bit of a discussion about it. Although I do not uh, intend to, to go there. But I think this is actually a very, um, um, you know, coming to Pesach, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing um, incident which, which talks, which you're telling us a little bit about what, who is the Jewish leader, Moses, and what happened before. Um, so just allow me, you know, let's take a few minutes actually to talk about this idea, uh, which I, I believe it's going to enrich our um, Pesach a little bit. So the Jews are suffering in, in, the, in, in Egypt, right? And Moses is going in the desert and he's a shepherd of sheep. And in the middle of, in the, middle of the desert, he sees the burning bush, right? The burning bush, and he sees that it's burning it's not, it's, and it's not consumed. And then he, he hears God talking to him from the burning bush. What is God telling him? I am God, and I, I and I told the people that I will take them one day from Egypt. Let's do it. You are the man, and you are going to take my people out of Egypt. What is the first thing Moses is telling him? Well, we can hear you, Dave. We couldn't hear you, Dave. It was uh, muted. Unmute yourself. Oh, you have to wait. Okay. Can I hear you? Got too many buttons to push, sir. I was really talking to myself. The first thing he said was, I'm not the guy. Don't pick somebody else. Right. So he said, I, I'm, I'm not the guy. And But then right after, he said, okay, I will go. But, and here comes the first question that Moses is asking God. What is the first question? Moses is asking God, hey, I, I will go to the people. The people will ask me, what is his name? The guy that is going to coming to take us out of Egypt. I mean, God. What's his name? 
What should I tell them? This is what God, what Moses is asking God. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe is asking, one second, the Jews did not know the name, the name of God. They have been praying for God for hundreds of years yet. Now, they know that God is going to take them out of Egypt. They got it from their forefathers. They got the promise that God, Hashem, is coming. That, that's, that's the name. God, the God of your fathers, is going and coming to take you out of Egypt. So, why should they ask what's his name? And not only that Moses is so sure that they will ask what's his name, Moses himself is not sure. Moses is asking him, he's asking God, what should I tell them? What, 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 what should he tell them? We don't know. You don't know who God is. You don't know what's the name of God. The Jews know, you know. So why did the question? And the first question to ask right away, is that the first thing? We're talking about taking them out of Egypt, taking them out of suffering, taking them out of years, hundreds of years of exile. Is that really important? What's really, what's the name of it? Picture yourself. You're coming to the Jews. Finally, they are going to be free from this suffering, from this terrible exile. And they care of what exactly the name of God, who cares? Let them, let them take, it out, take, take us out, whatever, Rabbi, whatever his name is. I thought it was a, I thought it was um, a passcode thing that they had set up because you could say, God, 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 we could say it as much as we want, you know, but I thought like he explicitly was able to give them that as like a code, like to be like, Hey, now's the time. Now's the time. This is the time that we we're ready. We're about to go. I thought right. that was so, the, so there was, there was a code, but the code wasn't the name of God. The code was code if code. Which you know oh. show them that 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 God is going to take them. The name of God doesn't seem to be so important at that time. So why is that important? Why Moses is sure, he's sure that that's going to be the first question, and he himself doesn't know the answer. The Rabbi Shabbat explained this in a, in, a, in a beautiful way, in a very and and when the, and when when the Rabbi spoke about it, the Rabbi was very emotional. The Rabbi cried a lot. The Rabbi said. The name of God, God has many names, right? Hashem, Elohim, different names throughout the Torah. Every name refers to something else God do. As the Medrash is saying, the Fima my name goes based on what I do, what I am occupying myself with. So this is kind of the names of God. So Moses is coming to God. God is telling him, okay, go, let, you know, let's, let's take the people out of Egypt. Moses is coming to God in the, first, in the first question. And he's telling him, I'm sure the people are going to ask this question. And what is the question? They will ask me, where was God until now? What kind of a behavior is that? To let a whole nation suffer? through terrible suffering by Pharaoh, to see thousands and hundreds of thousands of Jewish kids being murdered just for Pharaoh to, to bathe in their blood? What kind of a behavior is that? Where were you until now? Said Moses, that will be the first question they're going to ask me. And guess what? He's continuing. What should I tell them? 
I have no idea. I, I'm asking this question myself. Where were you until now? How were you able to let the people suffer for 210 years like that? This is the way that the way the Rebbe explained it. The Rebbe, the Rebbe was crying when the Rebbe said it. And what is God telling him? God is telling him, it's a very good question. And God is telling him, God, the God of your fathers, sent me to you. To, send me to you. That will be my name forever, and that will be my remembrance for generations to come. Now, the word Le'olam is written in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Torah without a vav. And the Rebbe said that Olam means, as we spoke about last week, Olam, which is world, is he'elem, concealment. God is telling Moses, sometimes my name has to be concealed. Sometimes I have to operate in a way of concealment. Why? It's not for you to understand. And we don't, we, we don't try to understand. Because for a human being to understand its creator, as someone said, you don't, you don't really want to serve a God which, which you understand. Right? So sometimes, although we don't understand, we don't justify it, but sometimes God is going, is going, is with us in a way of concealment. And God is telling the Jew, Moses to tell Jewish people, you should know that I was always with them. Even in the time of suffering, I was with them. In a way of concealment, for whatever reason. But I was with them. You could assure them, you ask me, where were you until now? I was with you in every, in every suffering that you have been seeing. So this is just a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a powerful explanation of, of, of one detail of Passover, but this is connected to what Garrett asked. So we're talking about concealment. Yes, concealment happens all the time around us. And, and yes, when we are going through challenging time, this is also concealment. Because God is, we see, we know teva the nature of goodness is to make good. God is the ultimate goodness. And so when we see something which is not good, we know that this is a concealment. And therefore we have to ask God to stop this concealment. Um, and the main concealment, which is which is the exile that we live through right now. Um, but this is all concealment, and and but we have to know that back to the Tanya that when we learn Torah and we do the mitzvahs, then there is no concealment whatsoever, and therefore you could be here in this world which is very concealed, and you could see you could you could live through terrible time, but and we have seen this throughout the ages that throughout the most difficult and most suffering. Uh, um, uh, experience that the Jews have been through, most difficult of times, the Jews always find comfort in Torah. Learning Torah. Why? Because when you learn Torah, you're really connected to God. You really know, you know, what's the purpose of it all. You know that, you know, now you're connected. And all the things going happening around you, which is one big concealment, it's only a concealment. And here I have God in an open and revealed way.
Um, so let's go back a little bit to the Tanya and we'll continue another, another few lines. Um, okay. So now the Rebbe is going and, 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 and saying even more. So we're talking about what? The Torah, when we learn Torah, we are totally united with God, right? Because God is, is in a revealed way in our mind. Says so the Rebbe now, even, even deeper, Let's go and see. Not only that, but the unity which happens between you and God, who is much more powerful and much more um, strong, much stronger We all you know, if we learn a little bit of Kabbalah, a little bit of Hasidus, you know that there is a higher world. We have Atzillus, Bria, Yetzira, Asiya, different four worlds. Every world is more lofty than another than the other world. And what makes this world so lofty? That God is there in a revealed way. When a Jew learns Torah, he reaches a, a higher unity, a more um, a more intimate unity with God than the unity of God in the higher worlds. Why? How can you say that in the higher worlds? Can a human being here in this in this in this concealed world could actually be united to God more than the way God is putting Himself in in the highest in the highest world? Yes. Why? Since the supernal will, God's will, is, is uh, like we said, is totally revealed in your soul, in your garments, in the time when you occupy yourself in Torah. Because God is his Torah. As we said, he and his wisdom are one. So he and his wisdom are one. It's, 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 that's therefore when we are dealing with his wisdom, we're dealing with himself, with him. So he is in a revealed way in our mind. Now, and what's happening in the higher world? Is that, is that not the case there? So that's what No. The in all the other worlds, the higher worlds, they are receiving their flow of vitality from the light and the vitality. They are receiving their vitality from the vitality of the Torah. Because the Torah is the wheel and wisdom of God, right? Like we said, when we learn Torah, even though we're dealing with, with the most practical, physical things, you know, eat this, this physical matzah, boy, this chillin', we are dealing with God's will. That's what God wants. And I don't know if we, we could get, get to it today, maybe maybe a little bit, um, about what, what the idea of will, but we'll get to it in a second. And will and wisdom they are the source of vitality for the whole world. How do we see it? 
We say every way, every every day, in our prayer, "Kulam bechachma asisa." You have created them all with wisdom. And over there, we're not only talking about this world that God had created Google and Amazon with wisdom. You need a lot of wisdom for that. But also for the higher world, talking about the angels and all the higher, um, loftier worlds and creatures, they are all being created with God's wisdom. Ve'im came. Now, Weshikasov, Kedachsim, as it said, Kulam Bechachmasisa. You have created them all with wisdom. Ve'im came, and therefore it emerges, So, if God used wisdom to create the world, meaning the wisdom, which is the Torah, was the tool with what, with what, with, with um, how God created the world. So the tool, meaning the wisdom, is obviously Obviously, so so, so the, the, the the wisdom is above them all. God used his wisdom to create the world. But obviously, the, the one who he created with is higher and prior to the thing that you are creating, right? It's always going to, going to be like that. The he, he, and said, this wisdom, it's not only a wisdom. This is God's will. And here we're going to introduce a new idea, but probably the problem is now it's already 11.25 and we have only five minutes left. Which I don't believe we will be able to, to cover this. So basically... Here we're going to, to, to and I really wanted to, to, to discuss it a little bit because I believe this is something very fundamental in the world of Hasidus. So let me just say it in, in a few words and then we'll leave it for next week. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there are, with the, with the words, Soivev Kol Almin and Memale Kol Almin. You ever heard about these words? Have you heard these words? No. I have not. Garrett? Yeah, it sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. You know what that means? Not really. Well, what was the first part? Mimali Kalalmin? Sevev Kalalmin. Sevev, yeah. So, okay, so you're familiar with that, which is great. But I, I really want to wanna, wanna explain it a little more. See it, what is these two things, Mimali and Sevev in ourselves, in the world in general, and then we'll see how this is in the way God creates the world and the way God energizes the world. We'll see it there. But just in, in, in just to get a little bit of a of a spoiler, Memale and Sevev are two ways. Memale is the way God creates the world by being enclosed in the details. Sevev is hovering around the world. Two different kind of vitality, two different kind of energy. We will see how in ourselves we have these two different, completely different um, inner vitality, inner energy in our in our physical body. We have the the energy which gives gives the vitality to our limbs, each limb um, based on its needs, 
right? The hand needs this, the leg needs this, the head needs this, the heart needs this. And then we have the general life, which is giving the, the, the life for everything, but it's more um, one point which hovers around everything. We're going to discuss it more. So let's just leave it for next week. So we'll finish here for now. Um, I know it's a little early, but uh, you know it's, it's, it's a busy day. I believe for you too, preparing for Pesach. So just to sum up what we've learned today. So we have continued a little bit the idea of what happens when we are learning Torah, when we are doing today, right now. When we are learning Torah, we have God's wisdom, God's will, which is essentially God himself in the, in the most revealed manner in ourselves, which gives us the, the ability to connect to God, to be united, not only to connect, to be united with God in the, in the most higher and most beautiful, most, 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 in, the most, in the most way possible. And, and even, we, we even said that even more than the way God is, is found in the higher worlds, because at the end of the day, the higher worlds are worlds kind of outside of God, meaning there, there was supposed to be a concealment from God's end in order to create those worlds. Torah is not like that. There is no concealment whatsoever in Torah. Even though you think we're talking about physical things, but it's, it's these physical things are the will of God. This is the expression of that's what God wants. And these, as we're going to see next week, there's nothing more intimate than will. Because will is yourself. And this is what happens when we learn Torah. So I, I hope in the next week you find the opportunities to learn Torah. And, and the more Torah you learn, the more of this amazing unity happens. So um, whenever you have chance, here five minutes, over there five minutes, never underestimate these two minutes of learning. Because in these two minutes, of, when, you, when you're learning, you literally have God in a revealed way in your mind, and there is nothing more satisfying than that. And with that said, I, I invite you all to join for another hour of, of learning. Tomorrow evening, we're going to discuss um, some very uh, important life lessons from this week's Torah portion, which is starting a new book in the Torah, the book of Yikra, the book of Leviticus. And we're going to discuss how to look at ourselves, what's the right approach one has to take about themselves um, in the, you know, how we are in the eyes of society, how we are in the eyes of friends, and how we should look at ourselves. So that's a very uh, interesting lesson. And I invite you all to join us tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Um, with that, we'll say um, goodbye. And if you have any questions and comments, now is the time. The floor is yours.